Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that apparently loves discussing the SEC. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who's as talented as Ryan Holinsky. Wow, that's... Quite a diss. Uh, that's me, Ryan Newman. No, 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 no. He's a four-star. Come on, Ryan. Let's not start out like this. Uh, I'm joined by the other brother, who's as beefy as Trey Smith. I'll take it. I'll take it. That's me, Trey Newman. All right. On today's episode, we are going to preview the best conference in college football, the SEC. It's a 10-game conference-only schedule, and that's getting started this Saturday. So be sure you're subscribed because in a couple of days we'll release an episode going all going over all of those, I guess, week one SEC games. Uh, but let's get this episode started with our first segment, Fact or Fiction. All right, I'll get us going here. Fact or Fiction. Uh, the player with the best chance to win the Heisman from the SEC is Kyle Trask of Florida. This is very difficult. Um, I'm going to reluctantly say fact mainly because when i look at his competitors especially in the east georgia they're in a quarterback race at the moment so i couldn't put my chips all in on jt daniels or mathis and then like alabama mac jones might seem like the logical choice but i'm not convinced he'll be for sure the guy the whole year because bryce young might come in and and play some some action then obviously alabama is littered with talent you got guys like mond and whatnot but i'm most confident i guess in in trask and the qb situation at florida and i know they'll be pretty good so that's why i went fact okay i'm going fiction trask is the as far as the odds are are concerned he is the favorite from the sec he's 18 to 1 then you got Najee harris 22 to 1 and jt daniels actually 20 22 to 1 as well uh but i think I think Mac Jones is the best bet, actually, at 25 to 1. Um, I know he could get taken over by Bryce Young, like you said, Trey, but he's got, I think, the best supporting cast of any quarterback in the country. And last year, we saw him play really well. He played, you know, of course, he played a lot throughout the year, but especially starting those last two games against uh, two really good defenses in Auburn and Michigan. And he threw for seven touchdowns, two interceptions, and 10.3 yards per attempt. So if he can replicate that and even, you know, I'm sure against the lesser teams, you know, put up even bigger numbers, then I don't see why he uh, shouldn't be in the hunt. Yeah. And it's not like he had a, a low amount of attempts, attempts in those games. It's not like he just threw a couple passes and got lucky. I mean, it was like over 30, over average, over 30 passes a game. So it was high usage success, high efficiency from Mac Jones. Yeah, I was just the way you said it, just the fact that he has the best supporting cast around him to me, makes it the the choice. Trask is going to be great. I, I I love Mullen. I think Trask is going to be awesome. He's got some pieces to work with as well. Um, but there's just no substitute for the receivers and the line that Alabama is going to bring in running game. So, and the fact that they're just, you know, they're it's going to be very tough for them to lose more than one or two games, obviously. So they're going to guarantee success. So that's something you have to factor factor in for Heisman as well. Okay, uh, next question. Fact or fiction, Mike Leach is the best new hire in the SEC. So this was close. This is a toughie. You know, to me, it was between the two Mississippis, um, this is him and Lane Kiffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to say true. Uh, say he was the best new hire. 
uh, just right. at this the point in his factor career. Fiction, Ryan. It's factor fiction. Can you just use the verb? <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Affirmative. Uh, well, you go. stated it like, you know, Mike Leach is the best new hire in the SEC. So I was like, oh, that's fact. He is. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it's fine. I forgot what game we're playing. Uh, it's true. <laughs> it's it's fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me get my, my thoughts here. Yeah, it's, it's a fact. I, I would just, yeah, at this point of his career, I'd just be surprised if it didn't go at least decent uh, there. Like he's proven to, that he can have success at two really tough s- spots, Lubbock, Texas at Texas tech and Washington state, which was in an absolute dumpster fire when he got there. So if you can have success there, those two places, like really good success, not just like, okay, we make making bowl games, but like, you know, winning 10 double digit games. Um, then I think you can do that at Mississippi state. Mississippi state is, it's not what it was 10, 12 years ago. It's they've kind of rose like, thanks to Dan Mullen, the profile of Mississippi state is, is definitely upped over the last 10 years. So um, I think he can have, I'm not saying he's going to win a conference championship or anything, but I think he'll have, you know, solid seven, eight win seasons there. I have to go fiction just because I, you mentioned the other guy. I like someone in the state a little bit better, Lane Kiffin. I just think there's a higher upside with yeah, Lane at true. Ole Miss. Um, I think in the short term, like Leach could potentially have better short term success, particularly this year. But uh, I think Kiffin is just set up better at Ole Miss um, to do can do better in the long run because we saw we saw what uh, Hugh Freeze was able to do at Ole Miss. I know, obviously there was a little bit of cheating or whatever, but it's yeah. possible to, to recruit talent to Ole Miss and, and be relevant. So I think Kiffin can do the same. Yeah. I think the recruiting is the big factor for me. Cause I just feel like maybe Leach can get, can get Mississippi state up to that seven, eight wins. Like you talk about Ryan, but yeah. there's bigger upside in my opinion with Lane Kiffin. The variance is bigger for Kiffin. It could also flame out miserably. Oh, for sure. For so, sure. But <laughs> yeah, I'm a believer. Leach, I feel though. confident. It's not going to flame out miserably, at least not, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's possible, of course, but I just don't feel like it's that big of a, as uh, with Lane Kiffin. I, sure. I agree with you, but I'm just I'm high on Lane Kiffin. Obviously, as a recruiter, we just said, and yeah. as a coach, did a great job turning around FAU. Before yeah. that, was a really good offensive coordinator for Alabama. Um, I'm a USC fan, and I'm actually a, a defender of him. I thought, you know, given the situation he inherited with the the sanctions, he actually didn't do bad there. So I'm uh, I'm just high. I'm high on Lane Kiffin. I'm not high. I'm just. No, you're high oh. and you're high on Lane Kiffin. So, well, both. I got guess. it. True. Yeah, got it. Uh, sorry to Eli Drinkwitz from Missouri, Sam Pittman of Arkansas. They are, are also. I consider Drinkwitz for sure. He, uh, he's off to a good start. Yeah, yeah. Like recruiting and yeah, he yeah. did have a pretty good first. I like his class. track record as a, especially as an offensive coach. So, we'll see. All right, fact or fiction? The SEC will get two playoff teams this year. This is a tough question. I, I thought a lot about this one. I'm. Sl- towards no because i look at it so there's obviously a high chance clemson gets one uh, of those michael it's spot. fact or fiction oh <laughs> very <laughs> not nice. yes or no <laughs> oh good 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 work <laughs> fiction fiction uh yeah so clemson clemson is one uh good chance the the big 10 gets one like leo state the big question is will the big 12 get one and i would guess yes but there's, you know, an undefeated Bama and maybe a one loss Florida or Georgia. It's going to be tough to to leave one of those out. Now, the other chance too. the reason I kind of waffled on this is maybe the Big Ten with their tough protocols has to 
shut down the season or maybe the Big 12 has a two or three loss champ. There's all sorts of ways that it could happen where the SEC gets two. But I guess I lean towards the the safe option of kind of one from each conference getting in. Yeah, I'm assuming just no crazy scenarios where, you know, Big Ten has to shut down. I'm just assuming teams get at least enough games. I'm, I'm living to, in the real world, Brian. Well, Anything I mean, I'm a, you know, fine. Let's just go through all the what ifs. <laughs> I'm assuming most teams. Well, teams what, okay, get, Ryan. What if a meteor hits? Did you did you put that in your reasoning? Wow. Well, we're all dead. Wow. So <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's tough. Um, it's it, I'm gonna say fiction though. Um, just yeah, you know, Big Ten champ is in. Um, Clemson is in. Um, so in the SEC, whoever wins the SEC title, in so then it's yeah between the Big Twelve and whoever's second in the SEC. And if the Big 12, if if it, it only could happen if, you know, the team that loses the SEC title game goes, has zero losses before that game. They can't mm-hmm. have a second loss, right? Well, unless, unless there's whatever. chaos. Big, Big 12 champ has two losses. I'm assuming yeah. Big 12 champ has one loss or less. So um, okay. uh, let, let's just say this. If there's a one loss, SEC, second place SEC and a one loss Big 12, then it's neck and neck. You know, agreed. Agreed. I would think that the although it's tough. I think the SEC team would deserve it, likely, yeah. just based on the schedule. But they value the conference championships. So Big Twelve might get in. Yeah, exactly. That's how I see it, kind of playing out. They got to be one less, one game ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, um, I, I think though, to me, especially what we've seen from the Big Twelve so far, I think the winner of the Texas Oklahoma game is is going to be kind of set up for a. I mean, it's it's hard we'll to see. predict someone to go unbeaten, but the winner of that game right now, when you look at it, kind of seems like they would be the uh, logical uh, champ or at least unscathed champ in the Big 12, but obviously a lot can happen. So I'm, I'm saying fiction as well, just because yeah. of, of what you guys said. I mean, obviously Clemson could get picked off, and but I, I'm just confident that, uh, that the, each of those conference champs are going to end up being there. But like you said, Ryan, that, that scenario where if it was like an unbeaten Florida or Georgia versus an unbeaten Alabama, like, and it was a close game, it would be, yeah. that'd be, we'd get That's into like, uh, some, some strong debates. Oh yeah. 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 I would be and, on the SEC's. And if there, the OU or two, whoever wins the big 12 championship, if it's not OU in Texas, like if the loss comes from somebody else, you know, like let's oh. say OU loses to Iowa state, but then goes on, to win every other game and wins the conference championship. And you have, so a lost Iowa state and compared to what an SEC team who just lost in one point, you know, like a field goal yeah. to Bama. It's like, the SEC and team has probably leaning, probably SEC, gets in but, honestly, uh, actually in that scenario. Well, that's a little, that. that's a kind of, there's a lot of ifs there. So yeah. uh, we, ju- we, it's not what unreasonable, if, but that kind of happened. What that happened a few years ago. Well, Georgia. I mean, Alabama and Georgia both got in. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it can okay, happen. I guess I'll revise my what I just said. <laughs> You're going fact. I'm, no, I'm just still going fiction, but uh, it's more likely than I probably let on. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to a quick word from our sponsor, My Bookie. Winning season has returned at My Bookie. That means you can double your first deposit. You can bet tons of player props and cross sport wagers. At MyBookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. College football and the NFL are, of course, officially back. SEC play starts this weekend. That means action-packed weekends to go along with huge cash prizes. So get in on the action by going to MyBookie and sign up with the promo code CFBROS. That's one word, all caps, CFBROS, to double your first deposit up to $1,000 in free play money. 
So add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet the best. Bet with the best this college football season for your chance to win big. And again, that's promo code CFBROS. Uh, your winning season begins today only at my bookie. All right. Let's so do it. SEC games this weekend. I know. Football, baby. I love football too. That's so great. <laughs> it's been a little light on the uh the the games, you know. I mean, it's been kind of uh I mean I'm super glad to have college football back, but it's been, been like yeah. the greatest some appetizers too. for us. Yeah, some nice appetizers, but no, where's the encore here? Well, yeah, we got more of a full slate this weekend. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's get everybody ready for for this weekend by previewing all 14 teams in the SEC, and we are going to start with the SEC West. So number one, no surprise, tier one. We're going to put all these teams on tiers. So the first tier from the SEC West is only Alabama. Their over under is eight and a half. The over is a minus one seventy favorite. Trey. So the tide they missed the playoff for the first time last year. So Saban has to be squarely on the hot seat. I would think. <laughs> yeah, for it's sure. He's yeah, coaching for his job. He really is. But uh, no, they, they seem poised to get back this year. I think, uh, I think Nick will end up surviving. The big storyline this off season has been the quarterback, obviously since Tua has, has departed. Um, it's Mac Jones is he get, just got announced. He will be the starter, but True freshman Bryce Young, the highly touted player, you'd think he'll at least get some snaps and maybe even play a little bit more as the season goes along. Uh, we, we've we talked about it earlier. Mac Jones, he played pretty dang well and put up some big numbers, uh, especially towards the end of the last year when he when he uh, was forced in when, when Tua went down. But uh, with the lack of spring ball, you would think that uh, Mac Jones will get most of the reps early on. So I'm, I'm really not worried about quarterback play. Uh, either way, just because the offense is stacked around either yeah. quarterback. I mean, arguably they have the best offensive line in in the country. Guys like tackle Alex Leatherwood, running back Najee Harris. Uh, you got Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle on the outside. I mean, both those guys averaged over 17 yards per catch. And Alabama, they're so stacked at receiver. When you lose two first round picks, it it really yeah. doesn't even matter. You get, when they lost more of Judy, here. it's like yeah. it's just so they're they're fine there. Defensively, the reason that they maybe quote unquote regressed last year was was a little bit because of the defense. Um, they had a lot of injuries, so that played a, a big factor. I think they're going to bounce back in a big way this year. Dylan Moses returns. He was one of those guys that was injured all last year. Uh, two of their leading tackles, tackles, tacklers were freshmen <laughs> last year. They should only improve. Um, yeah. Really, the only question mark I maybe see is on the secondary. You've got Patrick Sertain, who's probably one of the best uh, corners out there, especially in the SEC. Um, but al- outside of him, everyone's kind of a, a new piece. So uh, they'll just film in with blue ship talent. But if that, if that secondary can gel, they'll be, they'll be great. So overall, I got to go over on the tide, uh, primarily because one, they're, they're, they look the best, but I also don't think the West is as stacked as it's been the last few years, at least in the last five, five years. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, even though the over is the heavy favorite on the betting line here, it's like minus 170 on this one. It's I can't not go with it. I just can't see them losing two games. Like cause like you said, I, I don't think the West is quite as dominant. Um so and, and they just they're gonna have one of the most experienced teams. They're the most talented, they have the most experienced. Um I mean, I'm not sure what there isn't to like. I'm a little worried just about the defense maybe regaining some of the gel that they had from before, like just maybe also because 
I think maybe the the depth on the defensive lines maybe not quite at the level where they might have had it in years past. Um, they do get LeBron Bray and um, yeah, Brian I mean, it's a lot Ray. better than last year. With no, I know that's the had. thing. It's better than last year, no doubt about it, because they'll get Ray and DJ Dale back. Um, but it's just once the if there's one thing that worries me, that's not a huge worry at all. It would be that because that slowed them down last year. Um, but it's just it's hard not to like them a little, you know. I mean, Shane Lee and Christian Harris are still there too. They might not even yeah. and play as Shane much. Shane Lee's and, like third string, I think. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the good have sign. a guy who played great last year who's probably not even going to have to play a whole lot. So uh, I don't know if I would say great, but but yeah, well, he played. He played. Exactly. Performed admirably for a team that won a major bowl game. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I'd take him. <laughs> yeah, team. yeah. So, uh, at Nebraska, we'd take him for sure. Yeah, I'll take you. Anyway. I'll take the kicker, probably linebacker for them. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm with you guys. I mean, we've said enough about the offense being maybe the best in the country. But yeah, I just think that defense is going to take such a massive step forward with, you know, the young guys they were able to play on the front seven um, and just bringing guys back from injury. Josh McMillan's another guy at linebacker coming back. And the I'm really excited about the two true freshman edge rushers because the pass rush needs to get better if they want to you know be that national championship team like they they have been in past years and will anderson and drew sanders watch out for those guys they're apparently looking really good in camp so uh yeah all over alabama's over uh let's go to tier two yeah so into tier two the first team that we have is the texas a&m aggies their over under is set at seven with the over being the slight favorite. So, so Ryan, what's, uh, what's your take on the team in college station? Uh, I, I like A&M. Uh, I do. I think they're, you know, they're going to keep on improving. I like what's going on there with Jimbo Fisher, uh, Kellen Mond solid. Um, but to win this bet, they got to go eight and two. Uh, if you take the over, I mean, you know, that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's tough. And one of those games is at Alabama. So that's, you know, a very, very likely loss. So you're telling me they got to go eight and one in those other games. I think it's just asking too much right now, especially, um, you know, with some of the losses that they had. They just lost their best receiver and Javon Osmond, who opted out. That is a gigantic loss. We already know. Yeah, that's a, such a big loss. Yeah, because they don't really have a ton after him, you know, so that he was mm-hmm. really a, a key, key piece. So, and of course, we, they had already lost the uh, starting defensive back, uh, Elijah Blades, who probably was going to start, started towards the end of last year. Um, he's going to sit out as well. So that's two peak, you know, peak, I, Osmond's the bigger piece, but. Blades yeah. is still a significant factor. Baylor too. Cup getting injured again at tight yeah, end. Yeah, exactly. In his second year in a row for him, Cup getting hurt. So that's just another blow. I mean, they didn't have him last year, so it's not like, yeah. You know, but it's it's a loss. Um, you know, and I, I like Isaiah Spiller at running back. So they're still going to be good, no doubt about it. I like them. They're going in the right direction. If It's just if they had Osmond back and Blades was not there and Cup was um, healthy, I might think about going on the over here, but I, I just can't do it right now. So I'm going to take take the under on AM. I'll let you guys kind of touch more on the D, but um, just, I think they're heading in the right direction, but it's, that's a tall order. Yeah. I mean, I, I really want, I, I really wanted to be, I guess, super high on AM going into this year because we said it in our 2019 preview, 2020 is the year for AM. Yeah. You know, they had so much uh, youth last year. They had a lot of, you know, sophomores and juniors getting playing time. Seemed like everyone was going to be back and 2020 would be great. Obviously, now that we're here, I'm not quite as confident, um, even though, you know, you got the returning quarterback, you got four starters back on the O-line. You mentioned Isaiah Spiller at running back, but receiving core is now a worry um, without Osbin. I Obviously, tight end, you still got Jalen Weidermeyer. So he's he was a, yeah. a freshman All-American last year. He was great. So 
it's not as if there's nothing there and there's you know a lot of talented freshmen and sophomores uh, at receiver it's just a matter of who's going to step up um and they don't have much time to to gel because game two and three you got alabama and florida so that that's the thing like a little bit of a concern now defensively though and i'm still you know relatively optimistic uh, on the offense with with jimbo but defensively I, I really like the defense. You know, Matabike is kind of the only major loss from the front six. Um, so I, I think that they'll be solid grip. And Mike Elko, the guy knows how to coach defense. So I don't Jayden worry Peavy's too much about it. A nice replacement for, for Matabuke. Jaden Peavy's maybe an NFL guy himself. So that's somebody that steps in pretty nice. There you go. And the secondary, they gave up way too many big plays last year. Uh, they do add a five star freshman, Jalen Jones, one of the top Juco corners in the country, Brian George. So hopefully that can can help shore up that group. Um, but overall, I'm just going over. Maybe I'm just digging into my 2019 wow. opinion. Uh, you know, they just I love the way Jimbo's recruited. I just think those talented guys are going to start filling out more spots on the roster. And last year they were 20th in Sagarin yeah. and or around 20th in, in SP plus, I think, too. And they're 16th in returning production. So and I guess you like we should mention Trey mentioned it, SEC West seems to be a little less, you know, top like top heavy so the auburns and the lsus are maybe won't be you know quite as high as they may have been mm-hmm. well certainly so, lsu <laughs> if the receivers step up i think this is a top 10 team that's a big if but uh, i'll take the over i'm i'm going over too, ryan you just touched on it. the sc west is it's kind of up for grabs in that second spot right now and i think a&m can do it even with the opt-outs didn't help uh i mean seven the seven over under the seven and three seems accurate considering the opt-outs yeah. i think without the opt-outs i'd be all in i'd probably be <laughs> sneaking them in the playoff or something i don't know but um the offense you guys really hit on it the only my only i do i'm very optimistic because i trust jimbo on that side of the ball isaiah spiller is great but they lost a lot of production behind him some of those guys ended up transferring away so um just need spiller to to stay healthy there the defense it's funny because a&m hasn't really re- been renowned for being a a strong defensive team really since their wrecking crew defenses uh, back when like RC Slocum was the head coach. They had guys like that win for people that remember back like oh, the wow. late nine, the late nineties uh, just kind of date myself to the younger audience. But, uh, but that yeah, there's just a lot of returning production and I I'm really optimistic on the defensive side of the ball. And even if the offense isn't living up to the full potential, I have confidence that the defense has uh, improved enough to at least, get them over the over the hump yeah. this year and another thing with a&m that we were so high on is i mean their schedule was you know just sec only is tough you know and then they they obviously pick up florida so you know their non-conference this year i think like colorado was like going to be their yeah kind of their marquee so they would have been very likely four and oh you know, their schedule the original schedule had set up so well to be like eight and one or something like it was very well set up so yeah, yeah this, they this still had florida and Bama, of course, them. But, what's yeah, that was they still had Florida and Bama early on in the year, um, but in the original schedule, yeah, I'm looking at it right. Now. Maybe not. I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think that's right. I it was I remember. Nice. No, you're right. I don't think it is. Okay. Anyway, yeah, it's hard to keep on. up with all the schedules. I know. I, know. I clicked on the the Big Ten released three of them. Now so. I'm accessing it. I was trying to look it up right now. Okay. Do you have it? I thought I did, but it's all right. Minor details. All right, moving on. It was a good schedule. Uh, let's go to uh, the number three team here in the SEC West. Yeah, we got the Tigers of Auburn here. They're over under set at uh, six and a half uh, with the over being 
favored there. So, Michael, what do you think of uh, Gus Malzahn's group? Well, going into my research, I, I expected to be a lot lower on Auburn than I am because the defense is, of course, what carried them last year, and they lose four experienced starters from the secondary. They lose Marlon Davidson and, of course, the big one, Derek Brown yeah, from up yeah, front. Yeah, so yeah. I thought, man, they're going to really fall off on that side of the ball. I actually think the defense won't take a huge step back. In, in the secondary, even though there's a lot of losses, the projected starters all got a good amount of, of playing time last year. Uh, the linebacking core is loaded. Of course, KJ Britt, the leader there. Uh, Owen Papo, the former five-star, could could break out. And on the D-line, I think Big Cat Bryant is a guy that's going to see an uptick in sacks with with more opportunities. And they just have you know some some talented players that that seem like they could break out. So I trust Kevin Steele to have a, a good defense. Offense is where I have major questions. Bo Nix, he's kind of polarizing. So. The upside upside he has is huge. I acknowledge that. But as a freshman, he was relatively inefficient. And, you know, of course, he'll get better. And he's got three returning receivers and Chad Morris coming in to, to call plays. But I'm not yet counting on him to be a, a top five SEC quarterback. Like, I, I think some people have that opinion. So uh, especially with uh, what four starters gone on the offensive line. So I, I'm going to go under like all of them practically. Yeah. Auburn. Yeah. I'm I got to lean under too. I like the offense. My major concerns are you just touched on it, Michael, the offensive line. They basically have to be rebuilt, not an ideal situation. And with Bo Nix, maybe he can take that sophomore leap. And I'm I'm rooting for him, too, because I enjoy watching Auburn when they're when they're good. But he had five games last year where he was around 50 percent or less. So he's he's really going to have to be more consistent to for, for Auburn to get over the over the uh, over the edge or over this win total, especially because you kind of laid out of some of their defensive losses. Um, you know, you you touched on the D line losses. the The one encouraging there was a linebacker you also didn't mention. Mention Christian Tut. He's he's a mm. he's a good kind linebacker. Of a, yeah, nickel nickelback kind nickel, of guy. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but I just the fact that they have to kind of rebuild on both the trenches, the offensive and defensive line. That's what kind of made me. Go go under as well as they draw three ranked teams from the supposedly weaker East division, which maybe not so much weaker this year. Uh, yeah. So that's why I had to go under. I agree with you guys. Um, I am, I'm going under here. Um, it, it's the same reasoning, offensive line, defensive line. Um, I just when when you aren't able to consistently protect the quarterback, when you're not consistently able to run, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's just going to be, it's extraordinarily hard. I do like the skill talent. I mean, I like Seth Williams, they got Schwartz, they got some, some good pieces there. Um, but you know, unless you're a magician like Lincoln Riley, I, there's, you know, it's tough replacing all that experience up front. So, um, you know, I, I, I just see this team as slightly worse than last year. I mean, I think defense will be slightly worse and I don't think the offense will really be a whole lot different. So I just don't see it. I'm not seeing a I, huge jump. I Auburn though, right now, is kind of my 2021 team. Like they've got a oh. lot of youth and a mm. lot of talent that can really develop that I think they could be the team next year. Like I'm I think they'll be strong. Yeah. Well, Auburn also has a tendency to do the opposite of what you yeah, think they're exactly. going to do. So maybe they'll just be great this year. Maybe this year. is the year. <laughs> Absolutely. And the thing is we're all going to be wrong. We all took under right. We're all going to be wrong if Bo Nix lives up to the hype. You know, if sure. he does that then they're they're probably going over even with what I think they go at Georgia and at Alabama this year. That's, that's rough. They have a tough slate. 
Okay, let's uh, go to, we're still on Tier 2 here, and the last team from Tier 2 in the SEC West is the defending national champions, LSU. Their over-under is set at 7, so 7-3 and three is the expectation. The over, though, is a minus 145 favorite. What do you think, Trey? I mean, even before the COVID opt-outs of Jamar yeah. Chase and Tyler Shelvin, they lost a ton. It's been well-documented from, from last year's title team. I mean, over a dozen players got drafted, including, of course, Joe Burrow. They lose the uh, co-offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. Dave Aranda's gone to Baylor, the defensive coordinator. I mean, that is a lot of turnover to be really good again. I know that they've recruited very well, but that's a lot to ask. There's going to have a new offensive line is most likely going to have to protect uh, Miles Brennan at quarterback. He was, you know, he was okay in mop-up duty. He did what he had to, um, but, but, you know, Thinking he'll be able to take a giant leap similar to Burrow is just totally unrealistic. Uh, outside of Terrace Marshall at risk, at wideout, pretty much LSU's whole offense is going to be relying on a lot of young talent that they've uh, that they've recruited. Defensively, they bring back Bo Pelini, defensive coordinator. It's going to be a tall task <laughs> oh for him though, this year um, back in the Bayou, transitioning them to a four three. Uh, now that Shelvin opted out, most of the line is going to be brand new and basically auditioning this fall camp. Uh, he, Pelini doesn't have to worry about the secondary though. Derek Stingley had a ridiculous freshman year. He could have been drafted at, you know, after his freshman year oh, yeah. high, uh, he'll lock down his half of the field. So I'm, I'm not too worried. Jacoby Stevens at safety is also very good, but for me overall, I just don't see them getting to eight wins to beat me. Uh, especially since they have four on the pre, when you look at the preseason kind of schedule, they have four top 10 teams. I just, I just think they fall back and go under. Yeah, I mean the line does seem a bit high when it, when eight does it takes eight to beat you. Um, but I will say though, like you know, yeah, they're going to regress. But let's also try to remember, like they were so far ahead of a lot of people yeah. last year. Like they were so much better. So it's like they have some room to fall while still being like dead even on the playing field before they start falling behind teams. So. Maybe yeah. now it's just a little more. I almost even. think it's just like a, to- a totally different team, though. It's not even yeah. like They're, if you're I'm, just I'm, kind of adjusting from last year, you're it's going to be hard to adjust far enough. But yeah, I think I it's going to be like last year was like a I'm not going to say one hit wonder, but it was just like out of the variance of what's normal there. So, right. You know, they'll still come back and be a good team this year. No doubt. They have a ton of talent. Uh, they always have talent there and they have some pieces to work with. But no doubt. But eight does seem a little bit hard when they have some tough teams to play against and they're going to have an ex- so much inexperience. Like youth is going to be a factor. There's just no doubt about it. Like you go back to the year prior with Joe Burrow and everything. It was the first year for him starting there. It's just, it's hard to punch, punch through right away with so much new talent. So I, I think they could so, so beat pretty much anybody. Alabama would be tough. Maybe not quite them, but it's possible, but they could also lose to some teams. That's the thing with them. They could lose to some teams that maybe they probably should beat, you know, like the Mizzou's or the old misses. I think those teams could sneak up and beat them. So I just have a tough time, especially with the chase, uh, the opt out. That's a huge, huge factor. Yeah. Uh, and Shelvin, those are just gar- gargantuan pieces. Yeah. So literally gargantuan by Shelvin standards, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm going to take the under, even though I like LSU, you know, I, I think they're still going to be good. It's just eight is a lot. Okay. I'm, I'm going under as well uh, at plus one fifteen. That's, yeah, the, that's another the thing, thing is the plus odds. Money, yeah, yeah. Plus money is uh, makes it a, a, an easier choice for me. 
Uh, and I'm actually going to make that my lock in the SEC. Yeah. I really thought about that with that value. I forgot um, to say my lock. Oh, is, you're locking in LSU as well? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Oh, wow. We almost had a sweep there. Well, at least All we right, won't so, have pie on our face for that if we don't. Honestly, I was expecting you guys to be even more negative because that's just when anyone talks about LSU this offseason, it's just, oh my gosh, all that they've lost. And which makes sense because it is insane what they've lost. But even though I'm going under, I'm making it my lock. I'm going to try and make the case for if they do go eight and two, nine and one, here's how it would happen. And, and yeah. it's not crazy, even though obviously I'm not picking it. So on offense, with the system that Ensminger has, he was, you know, the offensive coordinator last year. Maybe they should be treated like Ohio State and Oklahoma, where kind of no matter how many guys they lose, the system is just going to make sure that they're pretty good. Um, and we didn't even bring up the tight end. You got Terrace Marshall, the tight end, true freshman, Eric Gilbert. He yeah, should he's a stud. He should be amazing right away. Yeah, he could be the the Derek Stingley of the offense, having a great freshman year. Um, and then on defense. Secondary is still great. Jabril Cox coming in from North Dakota State could shore up the, the right. linebacker group. He's He looks to be really good just based on the, the way everybody talks about him and what he did yeah. at North Dakota State. Um, and then up front, you know, they just they've always got a good D line. They recruit so well. So that's the case for going eight and two, but so much. I can't treat him like Ohio State and Oklahoma just yet. Yeah. One more. If they do it with Miles Brennan this if year. If they but. do it this year with so many new uncertain pieces, then okay, I'm I'll buy in. <laughs> but yeah. <that's> <laughs> I agree with that. Uh okay. Tier three. Yep. Our first team in tier three is Ole Miss. They're over under set at four. Ryan, lead us off. What do you think of Ole Miss here? Yeah, the Rebels Lane Kiffin taking over here. Um I'm I I think he can do do pretty well here, especially this first year. There's there's some talent to work with, so I'm going to go over uh, on this one. Uh, you know, it helps having Arkansas and Vanderbilt both on the schedule, so I think they can get a couple That's wins nice. there. That's nice. Well, Arkansas might be improved, um, but I you know I know I know we've kind of touched on some first year head coaches, and we're like, eh, you know, first year this is kind of a tough situation for a first year head coach. Um, but I, I think I'm just a little higher on this team than maybe I guess I am on some others. Kiffin, he, he's got pieces. I think Matt Corral. Uh, is kind of got the leg up right now at quarterback. He seems to maybe fit more a little bit of what Lane Kiffin wants, but I do think we'll see some some John Rice Plumley for sure. Uh, they could definitely have some some two QB packages going on there, um, which I'm mm-hmm. sure they could have success with. Ru- Plumley is a you know we all know he's a fantastic runner, um, but it's not like Corral can't run either. So you know he's got this. So um, good good options there. I think he's got some pieces, and then. You know, their 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 center, they did lose. Uh, Eli Johnson, he did opt out, so that's uh, that that one hurts. Um, but they still got three other guys coming back with starting experience on the line. Elijah Moore is a good wide receiver. Jerry and Ely, I like him at running back. He's a versatile oh, dude. He's yeah. he's awesome. Uh he's a great player. So I think, you know, there's there's things that you can get creative with, I think, with that offense. And I think Kiffin has the mind to do it. Um defense was pretty horrible last year, I'm not gonna lie. It was I but I think they can get 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 better chris partridge is the new defensive coordinator he came in from uh from michigan kind of learned under don brown who's you know knows what he's doing on on the defensive side of the ball so hopefully you can turn that out around a little bit the interior of the line is the thing that kind of worries me ability to stop the run but they do have some good edges the sam williams and Ryder anderson on the edges are a pretty nice duo um williams had six sacks last year so you know i, I think the linebackers are probably the best group that they got they all they all got coming back so 
the secondary is also a little thin, but um, so middle group yeah. linebacker okay. D line, if the middle is okay, they can hang in. Then yeah, they, yeah. they could have okay defense. Like it could get better. Uh, they don't need to be awesome, just better. I I think it could get better. Yeah, they played a lot of young guys in that yeah. secondary, so it's hard for it to to be much worse. And bring up the the good group of linebackers, Lakia Henry back, uh, yeah. Momo Sonogo. So there's you know some pieces. Uh, it's not gonna be a great defense, definitely not, but hoping for improvement and like you i mean i i i love lane kiffin so obviously i believe in what he can do with the offense so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go over yeah i love lane kiffin as well jeff lebby uh coming in from ucf as the oc as well that they can blend and we saw what rich rod a different system but rich rod was able to have that offense kind of humming so i don't see why that would really uh regress at all this year i don't even know right if you mentioned elijah moore at receiver uh, quickly, he's, but he's, yeah, he he's a, well, he's another weapon. Was he the one that peed in the end zone? He is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he's famous for. That's good. <laughs> That's good. No, but um, it, it's just weird because last year they actually had a pretty good pass rush and got a lot of sacks and pressure, but the overall defense was, was pretty poor. So hopefully they can develop something to, uh, to, to generate some, some more pass rush this year, but I'm just, as far as year one for Kiffin, I'm just not overly optimistic. I'm I'm leaning under. Uh, they might push, but four of their first five games are against ranked teams, and they've only won one or two conference games the last couple of years. I I think they'll be improved, but not ready to take the next next step in year one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here, what do we got? Next squad. We got another team here from tier three. Uh, we got Mississippi State. Uh, so we got uh, Mississippi's right next to each other here with the over under set at four with the uh, under being the huge favorite there at minus 210. That's just kind of ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Michael, what do you think here on Leach's squad? Yeah, I mean, I'm not super high on them. Um, I, I do think Leach is, is a good coach, obviously. And and KJ Costello coming in from Stanford, I think, is a, a very good quarterback, though. they Leach released the depth chart and Will Rogers, a true freshman, is actually technically a, a co-starter you know you got the or there but costello he said is is very likely gonna yeah. gonna be the starter so we'll see how much that means uh throughout the season but it's just it's gonna be tough in year one i think for leach with a disjointed offseason the receiving core is not i don't think what he would like osiris mitchell comes back but that's about it offensive line only has a couple starters after losing a, a solid grad transfer to florida and they're just going to be asked to play a whole different system. So I'm I'm low on that in this offseason. And Kylan Hill, their their star player on offense, if you were going to choose one position to have a star uh, with a Mike Leach offense, it would not be running back. If you, that's the, le- the least position you'd want it. I'm sure he'll make use of him, but uh, maybe not as much as a, a Rich Rod type offense or something like that. And then defensively, also a new system. Zach Arnett comes in from San Diego State. The three three five is just going everywhere in college football. Yeah, it it seems like successfully in a lot of places, um, and there's some good pieces uh, on on the line. Marquis Spencer at defensive end, but the back eight is pretty much you know Errol Thompson comes back. He's a great linebacker, but not much else. I think the secondary is going to struggle again this year. Not much experience back there. Um, yeah, so overall, I'm I'm just pretty low with again shifting schemes on both sides of the ball. So I'll go under. I'm I'm actually gonna lean over just because of this plus money. Uh, I'll take the plus one fifty five. Yeah. We'll take a shot. I think honestly, I think if Leach is gonna, 
I see him more having better short-term success than long-term success. I, that's just my personal opinion. And I think the marriage with Costello can work. Costello is experienced. Uh, and I think they'll be able to kind of throw it all over the yard. And this year, I think they'll be able to score obviously enough. And they might even scare some defenses and might beat someone unexpected. Like Leach always tends to just pull a rabbit out of his hat, like once a year, just kind of out of nowhere. The t- like Washington state would give Oregon a game out of nowhere. So, uh, you touched on Kylan Hill, Michael. I'm really anxious to see how Leach uses him. I feel like he's he's too yeah. good of a player not to use, but obviously he won't be used in the traditional uh, running back way that uh, that he he normally would. And yeah, the defense. I know it's not the what they had a couple of years ago with guys like Montez Sweat and whatnot, and they've they're transitioning to a new system. But there's still some pieces that I guess the top returnees that they do have are on the D line, and uh, well, you know, hopefully they can generate something and you mentioned Errol Thompson at, at linebacker obviously guys are going to need to step up but I'm really it's like with leech teams I'm not really concerned about the the defense as much I think the offense can keep them in a few games and maybe sneak out a win to get over yeah I'm kind of I'm going to go with Trey here I'm going to take the over mm-hmm. just because if I wasn't looking at the odds then I would go under here but I mean I, I can't I like minus 110 I'm at 210 excuse me minus that's a that is just so much to to give. So yeah, I'm I'll take the the huge plus money on the on the over. Um I could see success. I really could. I don't think it's that far fetched when you talk about uh, Mike Leach's offense spreading it out. I just think it's you know, with Costello at quarterback who's a proven commodity, his big arm, I think he could actually, you know, do decent, at least surprise some folks, maybe present some unique challenges into that conference. Um I mean they get Vandy, Arkansas, and Missouri all coming to Starkville. I mean they could obviously lose any of those games, Vandy would be tough to lose, but they could. Um, so those three, I say, if they get those three, I can see them winning, stealing a couple others. So yeah, I, mm-hmm. it's possible. I'll, I'll roll the dice and say over. Sure. And even if they do uh, go under, let's say, you know, I'm right. And they, they end up going under Leach took a while to get going at Wazoo. So I don't think it would, it certainly wouldn't be time to panic. Like he was, no, uh, yeah. I think in even year three, he was three and nine there. So uh, eventually he got it going though. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens at Mississippi state, but let's move they on. They were to- pretty horrible when he got to us. That's not yeah, quite that- apples to apples there. Yeah. There's true. more to work with in, in Starkville right now. Tougher competition though, too. Yes. Yeah. All right. Tier four. We have alone in tier four is Arkansas. They're over under set at one and a half. And the under is a minus minus one seventy favorite. Your thoughts on the Hogs, Trey? Well, the good thing for Sam Pittman, the new coach there, uh, the Razorbacks pretty much have nothing to lose this season. There's obviously <laughs> zero expectations sure. with an over under at one and a half. They haven't won an SEC game in a couple years, uh, but but I like his coordinator hires. You know, yeah. everyone was concerned oh, yeah. about Sam Pittman, but then he brings in a good offensive coordinator, Kendall Bryles, for the offense. We we know he can he can move the ball there, and now he's going to work with Florida transfer. Uh, Felipe Franks, his defensive coordinator is the former Mizzou coach, Barry Odom. Solid choice. Um, I'm So I, I like the coordinator hires there. Offensively, I touched on Franks at, at quarterback. They also have Rakeem Boyd. He's uh, an underrated running back. Major concern for them, though, is the offensive line, especially going up against, you know, the 10 different SEC defenses this year. That'll be <laughs> a challenge. Um but there, there's some there's some pieces at the skill positions to at least uh, help them. Uh, defense has been a disaster. 
the last few years. Uh, they lose some key pieces on all three levels. Hoping that the highly recruited transfer Xavier Kelly from from Clemson can have some success uh, for yeah. them on the D line. Uh, they also got one of the best names uh, in in the in the country. Their linebacker Bumper Pool. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's a solid linebacker. But when I look at it, we talked about that guy on the podcast. I feel like when he was getting recruited. Oh, that's right. Years ago. And we told the story of how it happened. Like his dad essentially was would love to play bumper pool, which I guess is a is a game that's similar to billiards. And he just bet some guy or something like, I bet you I'm going to name my kid bumper pool or something. (laughs) I don't know. But he did it. (laughs) It's it's a bold move. Pretty drunk. Uh, But when I looked, I'm sorry to interrupt. As far as, <laughs> no, I mean, hey, it's all right. It's a good, good side story, sidebar for Arkansas here. Um, but they're going to be battling Vandy for the SEC seller. Unfortunately, they don't even get them on their schedule, which kind of sucks. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I had to go under. They just they drew all the tough teams from the Eastern Division. I just don't see them getting two wins, so I had to stay under. I agree. Um, Got to go under. Good hires. Um, Seems like they can hopefully get it going in the long term, uh, but they're just they're dealt too tough of a hand here with the short off season. Um, at least they do have some pieces coming back on that defense. You know, there's a good amount of production coming back, um, so hopefully that side of the ball can take a jump. The offense, it's hard not to get better from where they were last year. So maybe both sides can get a little bit better. Um, I, I do think the offense will. Kendall Bryles, you know, I, he's great. He's proven he's a proven commodity. They have a solid quarterback. Uh, you know, Franks isn't you know, amazing, but he's a solid quarterback, way better than what they've had. And Raheem Boyd is a really good running back. Outside of that, though, not too confident um, in their in their offensive repertoire. So I'm going to go under just asking two wins against, it's going to be two big upsets. Like, you know, they're going to be big yeah. underdogs. And, you know, last year, only two of their SEC games were within one score. So they were getting beat down by pretty much all the SEC teams there. So I just can't see them get into a couple so going under i'm going under too um i mean if there's any coordinator that can uh can work some magic with with an offense and and do the best that he can with a a short off season then i think it's kendall bryles um i just yeah. what he did at fau was was super impressive uh but i don't know yeah the schedule is just too brutal so i gotta go under yeah Okay, let's uh, let's take a look here. If you're watching on YouTube, by the way, subscribe to our podcast on YouTube. Helps more people find the show. Uh, let's take a look at our tiered rankings for the SEC West. So just recap that. So tier one, tier by themselves, of course, is Alabama. Tier two, we've got A&M, Auburn, and LSU. Uh, tier three, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, the, the Egg Bowl tier. And then tier four, unfortunately, all by themselves, Arkansas. Any possible changes we could make to that or or what did you guys think no i think i i really don't uh in terms of maybe order i think two three and four could just be totally interchanged i mean i could make a case for for Mm -hmm. really all of them especially a&m and auburn uh but no i don't i think these are accurate no one could debate these it's impossible well, yeah. I kind of, I kind of think so. That's why I asked the question. Like, it, I mean, you could debate the order, like you said, but the tiers, they kind of make themselves. Yeah, you could. Some people will want to make the argument that LSU should be on the first tier with Bama, just because they are the okay. defending national champs, you know, and it's hard to, you know, they don't want to put them down until they've actually proven that they should be down, I guess, in that sort of way. Right. Um, but 
if you just kind of throw away last year, uh, which is, I guess you don't have to completely throw it away, but just look at what they have coming back. It's just, we obviously all agree this is where they should be, but I think some people would want to make the argument that they should be up there at the top. That's fair. Okay. Uh, let's move over then to the SEC East. And this uh, first tier makes itself as well. The order is the only question between Florida and Georgia. What? Uh, yeah. Let's see. We went with Florida as yeah. number one. And their over-under is set at seven and a half. The over is a minus 135 favorite. Uh, what do you think about the Gators, Ryan? I like the Gators. Yeah, I like, I like them this year. Uh, Trask did an amazing job filling in, obviously, at quarterback for Franks last year. So, you know, it's kind of weird how far Trask has come in such a short amount of time. Um, you know, before the start of last year, he was just, you know, nobody really heard of him. And he wasn't even a highly recruited guy. So he just shot onto the scene here. And I mean, credit to him for doing that, but also credit to Dan Mullen for, for developing a backup quarterback like that. Uh, it's going to be a good offense. Uh, you know, Kyle Pitts, maybe the best tight end in the country coming back. He's a huge piece. Uh, first round draft pick next year. Uh, they got Trevin Grimes, Kadarius Tony, two good playmakers on the outside, a few starters on the O line. I mean, Maybe they'd like to see a little more balance this year. Last year, they were a little pass heavy, probably compared to especially the year before where they had more success running. But I mean, they were good offense either way. So however you get the yards is however you get the yards, as long as you get them, I guess. But I think they would prefer to have a little more on the ground game next next year. They were 13th in the SEC in rushing yards per game. That's not ideal, Uh, but I do expect that to improve. Uh, and the defense, like they yeah, of course they're going to lose some key pieces, Grenard, Henderson, and, and Reese, like a great player at each level of the defense there. But when has Florida not had a good defense? I mean, it's been forever, yeah. you know, like I don't, it doesn't matter who they lose. Yeah. They lose those guys, but they're going to be great. I'm not worried about that. The line should still be good. They got Kyrie Campbell holding down the middle. Bretton Cox is a big time transfer coming in from Georgia. He could be an ex- that explosive piece off the edge that they may lose with Grenard. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a huge one. Ventrell Miller, good linebacker. And I think even after losing a guy like Henderson uh, at the corners, they're they're gonna have a great duo. They really are. I mean, Marco Wilson's experienced Redshirt Jr., he'll be kind of the experienced corner, but he's good. He's got all SEC performer in him. Uh Kyer Elam, he's the young guy who played last year as a freshman. He's could be the next really good Florida DB. So I, there's just so there's talent to to work with for Mullen. The defense is gonna be good. Mullen knows how to coach offense. This is a good team. I mean, they've proven the last couple of years, so I'm going over. I, I, I like Florida. Everyone knows by now I how much I like Dan Mullen, how impressed I was with uh, Kyle Trask. He was just so efficient. I don't see him really regressing too much this year. He do, does lose uh, Freddie Swain and Van Jefferson on the outside, but like you said, they still got Grimes and Tony there. So they're so yeah, spread I think, out. I think they lost like three or four receivers that are in the NFL, but... But like, yeah, Ryan, you said they spread out the ball so much that it was like they all had around 600 yards. There was like, yeah, of them. it's like, so yeah. They're, they're and, you, and Ryan, you touched on the concern maybe with the the running game. They bring in the Miami transfer Lingard. Uh, they got Damian P- or yeah, Damian Pierce. He's going to need to step up. They, I think they can because the line returns uh, some production and they bring in a, a Mississippi State transfer as well. Yeah. So there should be a, a good group in front for them to run behind. And you know, Mullen will want to establish that run, to, especially to help Trask. And the D, man, Todd Grantham, it's improved each year he's been there. Most of last year's two deep is back. And SP Plus projects the Gators to have the third best defense in the country. So 
that's not going to be an issue, or at least it shouldn't be. And, and overall, when I was trying to compare them versus Georgia, really the reason I have them or I liked them over Georgia was because they avoid Alabama and Auburn in their crossover games where Georgia has to play both those guys. So I'm just, I'm going over for the Gators and I'm actually going to make them my lock. Hmm. We're just doing one lock for the entire SEC. Am I right? That's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, uh, I have Florida number one in the East as well. I I guess we all agreed on that. Or Ryan, did you, you had, yeah, you like, yeah, I have them number one. Also, it's honestly, I mean, I, if it was, if they had the exact same schedule, it'd be like neck and neck. Yeah. I I might not know who to pick, but when you add in the, the Jamie Newman transfer or not transfer, the Jamie Newman sit out for Georgia and not Florida, not playing Bama. That was the, that did it for me. I was, it was going to be very close. Had uh, Jamie Newman not sat out. I probably honestly would have gone with Georgia if they still had Jamie Newman, we'll get yeah. to George. We'll, we'll get to them, of course, next. But, um, but yeah, I, I also like Florida just because continuity. You know, this in this off season where it's so important, returning quarterback, returning coordinators on both sides of the ball, and then you know all the reasons you guys brought up. So I am I'm going over as well. Uh, let's get to that uh, number two team here. All right, we got Georgia is of course our number two team. Uh, their over under is being set at uh, eight and a half with the under being slightly favored there. So uh, let's see Trey here. What do you, what do you think about the, your Bulldogs? You're a Georgia guy. I do. I love the Bulldogs, but it, I mean, lately it seems like I've been more pro Gators on a lot of these episodes, but I love, <laughs> I love Georgia. I went there to Athens. It was fun. Um, I'm going to go under, but I will say it's not, it's not going to be because of their defense. This could <laughs> easily be the best defense in the country. Uh, it's yes. rated first in SP plus right now. They have so much returning pr- production, all American and all conference players littered all across the D. So that that side of the ball, especially with um, Kirby Smart, like you know, that's that's going to be great, and that hasn't been the issue in his tenure. The big unknown, though, of course, is the offense. They've kind of averaged in the twenty-five to thirty range in terms of offensive ranking uh, in Kirby Smart's tenure, and now they're going to have to break in a new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. And like we just mentioned, all offseason, we thought it was going to be Jamie Newman at quarterback. He opts out. So then they've got JT Daniels, the SC transfer coming off of an injury. Or you've also got Dewan Mathis, the redshirt freshman. Reports are he's been looking great and and solid. But again, he's he's going to be a he's a redshirt freshman. Uh, he's got some some whoever it is. They got weapons. You got George Pickens, great receiver. But I do got to admit, like after him, there's just going to rely on young blue chip talent. I'm sure someone will step up, but they don't have those big time receivers that they would need for maybe an inexperienced yeah. quarterback. We kind of said that last year. We said, oh, someone will step up. And I guess eventually George Pickens did, but it wasn't yeah. a great receiving core last year. No, I'm not. And looking at the preseason, I'm not really super excited about the receiving core. Um, mm-hmm. And then the biggest issue, though, is the line. They have to replace over 600 snaps. Uh, from last season it's not the greatest recipe so I'm just a little discouraged with the offense obviously they have so much recruiting talent that they've acquired but they need it to start coming to fruition here Um, so with me being a little wary for the offense and they'd have to go nine and one or ten and oh to beat me I just I have a hard time seeing that with especially with their schedule playing Alabama Florida Auburn so I had to lean under yeah I'm going under I mean I don't have a hard time seeing Nine and one, ten and zero. Oh, you know, I think their upside is unlimited. Ten and zero oh is pretty tough. 
Yeah, ten and zero would be tough, but <laughs> it's possible. It's I possible. know it's possible. It is. It just is because the defense. I mean, it's it's insane. Yeah. It is the best in the country. Um, just there's too many guys to name because it's just it's the depth, <laughs> it is too. Like there's five stars that are backing them up. You know, like there guys are going to break out too. That like Nicobe Dean at outside linebacker, maybe Nolan Smith as a pass rusher. Both like five star guys. Tariq Stevenson, a former top fifty recruit, he's supposed to have a huge year as as a as a corner. So. The, there's just no weakness anywhere on the defense. I mean, the stars are Jordan Davis at nose tackle, Monty Rice at linebacker, Richard LeCount, of course, uh, in a defensive backfield at safety. There's still guys you're not even mentioning. That I know. Really I know. It's it's just it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah, how it's good insane. they're going to be. So no weakness there. Um, offense, like Trey said, has questions. I mean, some good things. Running backs, maybe the one of the best groups in the country is Amir White and James Cook. But I guess, yeah, everywhere else, Offensive line, losing three starters, plus Cade Mays transferring receiving core. We brought up the questions there. Dominique Blaylock on top of that, out for the year again, unfortunately. Uh, Trey McKitty, the Florida State transfer tight end, is, I guess, kind of questionable to start the season with the, with an injury. So, I don't know. And and I'm not high, just getting to the quarterback discussion. I know JT Daniels, it seems like, maybe is not the favorite to start now. That's kind of changed. But I'm not high on JT Daniels. Um, to me, he's... Potential is there, but the potential that he's Jacob Eason 2.0, I think, is 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 also there, which and I don't unfortunately don't mean that as a compliment. It's not not terrible, but right, um, yeah. I just need to see it from him before I, I, be, I believe the, that he's going to live up to the five star billing. Um, so, yeah, uh, with that, with Ad Alabama on the schedule, I think eight and two is more likely than than nine and one. Yep, we're we're in agreement there. Um, yeah, I, I've kind of been talking about the offseason about how I'm not. I was never like super high on Jamie Newman. Like I know he was going to come in and he's, he's a good quarterback. I wasn't trying to deny that, but I just didn't think he was going to come in and be, you know, all, all that and a savior. But I did think he's better than JT Daniels and Mathis. Like I, that was no, not a, not really a decision in my brain. So that's just a huge loss and at the most important position. And you, I don't see how it can't cost them one game, you know, at least one game. So with Jamie, I, I probably would have guessed maybe nine and one would have been their most likely record. Um, without I think them, I would have. Yeah. Without them, I would say probably eight and two is probably their most likely outcome. So um, the defense is amazing. It's going to keep them in every single game, but the offense might lose them a game because they just can't quite put up enough points. So like if they're going to go win at Alabama, how do they would, keep up with Alabama with the over under at eight? Would you guys be more surprised if they won seven or nine? I so mean, if they under if they underachieved at seven or kind of over, I would be more surprised if they won seven. seven. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. be too. Cause that'd be three yeah. losses. One, Bama's okay. Florida. Okay. But then on even another one, like that might really I jump agree. Up surprise you. That would be three where talent alone, talent know. alone can get them the nine. If they, you know, yeah. the, the yeah. chips fell their way, but seven would be kind of ish. Yeah. Cause there is still the possibility again, we're lowish on the, the offense, but there's a, a chance that Todd Munkin just, opening things up it kind of yeah. unleashes it unleashes all that talent and it just you know they skyrocket like maybe LSD. it's like of course the you use who's looking pretty good yeah maybe yeah, it's if, something you, have, like if that. you have a number one defense like even if you just have like a slightly above average offense you can be a really good team yeah yeah i mean they will be there they're a playoff contender so yep yep all right let's go all go right tier. yeah second tier our number three team in the SEC East is the Tennessee Volunteers. They're over under set at five with the under being the slight favorite. Michael, lead us off. 
Okay, so they were eight and five last year, but they won six straight to end the year. So that's you know they're kind of a trendy pick this year to take a big step forward in part because of that, and I can see why the the offensive line is stacked. All five starters coming back, including Trey Smith, who's just as beefy as Trey, and they uh, they bring in Cade Mays we just mentioned coming in from Georgia. He is eligible, so yeah. that's a huge addition there. They've got so much talent up front. It's going to be good for Ty Chandler and Eric Gray. Good good pair of running backs. Question mark is, I guess, the quarterbacks and receivers. Jarek Garantano is probably going to be the starter, and he's, of course, inconsistent. I think he's better than maybe people give him credit for. Yeah, I do too. He's yeah. not great, though. And the receiving core. I mean, Josh Palmer is kind of the only known quantity. Other than that, and it's not like he's some some star. And yeah. other than that, I mean, you got Valus Jones coming in from USC. He was a big recruit, but, you know, never really got any traction yeah. at, at at sc now there's a lot of good receivers there so yep. maybe he could still be good uh and then you got a senior who redshirted last year because he was low on the depth chart and then a bunch of highly recruited freshmen basically so it's a question mark someone needs to step up the defense i would say is not doesn't appear to be like great at any level but they're good everywhere so at linebacker henry to'o to'o should be a breakout star big recruit yeah. I think the um, linebacking going could into, be pretty damn good. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Clearly maybe I understand that. He's also going to be pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Those sophomore linebackers on the inside. Yeah. Pretty pretty spicy. Yeah. So maybe they maybe that could be a great group. But um, the biggest question, according to Jeremy Pruitt, is the pass rush after losing Daryl Taylor. But SP Plus projects the defense to be seventh in the nation. So when I said pretty good everywhere, that wasn't an insult. That means like, they're they're not even mediocre anywhere. They yeah. are good. I, I think at every level. I'm not sure if I see top. I don't. I see the seventh best. Maybe I'm not quite that high, but they're good. So yeah. Um. I think five and five is is the most likely record. Um. With with a brutal schedule, but I'll lean I'll lean over. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I think I'm in the same line of thinking as far as the record five and five most likely, but I'll go over. I think six is more likely than four at this point. Um, especially with the over getting, you get plus 100 there. It's a little better odds. So definitely going to lean with the over. Uh, I, I, for me, I, I'm, I love offensive lines. I think that's just one of the, the I mean, it's just so important. Um, at it, with When you have a group that can lead you like that, it makes it so much easier on every part of your rest of your team. It makes it easier on your quarterback. It makes it easier in running back, receivers. It makes it easier on your defense because you can sustain further drives so the defense doesn't have to be on the field that long. I just think it's, so vitally important. And Tennessee struggled with that for so long. Their offensive line was It's crazy horrible. how quick they've turned it around. I know, but Pruitt has done, that's maybe the most impressive job. Like of any position group in the country, like in the past couple of years, that group has turned around like crazy to have them come this far. So not like they were some incredible unit last year, but with all these things they have coming back, they're going to be hard not to be very, very good. So I like the improvement there. I think the run ground game is going to get better. Losing Juwan Jennings and Marquez Calloway is a loss. I'd rather lose those guys than three starters up front on my offensive line though. So I think they can manage that. Um, I think some teams, some, some receivers will step up. Josh Palmer's good. And I think they'll be okay on the outside. They're not going to be great, but I don't think they're going to need to be, to be great. Um, but I like the defense. You know, I, I know there's in Daryl Taylor's that hurt, but Kevon Bennett, Kevon Bennett might step in and kind of help fill, fill that role. But their their D line should be rock solid. They return 
six guys with significant playing experience. Five of them are seniors. This one sophomore was like started last year, played a ton. They're going to be good against the run, good against the pass. Bryce Thompson's a great corner. I mean, they're they're good. I, I see this group being even better than last year that ended up winning eight games. I know they kind of had a softer schedule-ish on the back end, but uh, yeah. you know, I still think they're good enough to definitely get to five and more likely six um, than four. So, yeah, over. This play is kind of me just being stubborn uh, because of what you touched on. Right? They won six games in a row to end the year, but it was not very difficult at all. They squeaked out the the bowl win against Indiana. They could have easily lost. I mean, to their credit, they they won those. But I knew that they were going to be one of those trendy teams in the offseason. And then they had those mm-hmm. those couple of weeks where they were just recruiting really, really well. But obviously, that won't really affect this year. But they were one of those hot teams. So usually with that, I like to go play devil's advocate and, and play the under. So I'm being a little stubborn there. And I'm going to play the under here. Um, I do think they're improved and they're on the rise. But I'm just... I don't really actually foresee six wins. I mean, it obviously it's possible, but uh, especially when you consider they draw the top teams of the West, they play Bama, Auburn, and A and M. It's a pretty tough slate. That's, that's br- on top of Georgia and Florida. Like the yeah, schedule is not that's fair. a that's a tough schedule for them uh, drawing those guys in the West. But in my eyes, uh, they're similar to Georgia in the fact where I really like their defense, but the offense just has something to prove for me. Uh, before I fully buy in, they might be a year away. So I love Rocky Top, but maybe not this year. Okay, let's uh, get to still on tier two here. Our number four team in the SEC East is Kentucky, and their over unders also set at five. The over is a minus one sixty five favorite. Ryan, yeah, ask Kentucky's got to go six and four here. Uh, that's a, to to beat me because I'm going under. Um, okay. it's, it's mainly because of the odds. I mean, like I was a flip flop, you know, I think t- they're going to be a solid, solid group here, but I'll take the plus money on the under. There's just some, there's tough games on their schedule. I mean, it's, you know, you got, they open at Auburn, you got Georgia, Bama at Florida. So they play the three best teams easily in the conference right now or this year. So that's a tall order. That's very likely three losses already. So that's, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's tough. And then they got at Tennessee. That's, that could be a big swing game as far as what the, the lines we're talking about here. Um, but you know, they could definitely steal one of those games, maybe two, but, uh, you know, they could also drop one or two games that you're not quite, um, expecting them to. So just not confident in the offense. Of course, how, how could you be really, uh, you know, they did come up with some magic last year with Lynn Bowden, um, just filling in. That was pretty awesome to watch for, for the last back end of the year. He was pretty awesome. Um, he gave him a nice spark. Terry Wilson seems to be the guy coming back from that injury. Um, he might not be totally hundred percent from that, that injury back. So that's a little bit of a concern, but you know, he's, he's supposed to be the guy we're still waiting to hear on Joey Gatewood, uh, and his eligibility, yeah. but I wouldn't expect him to, I mean, it's our, the season's here now. So, you know, it, it's, t- if I was Gatewood, I would just redshirt and play next year, but we'll see what happens. Um, they do have a good old line. I'll, I'll say that Kentucky should huh, have a, a great old line. Very, yeah. yeah, they should have a very good old line. They do lose an all SEC guard and Logan Stenberg, but that's the only guy. They still got a lot coming back. Um, maybe losing Bowden's rushing ability will kind of hurt a little bit as far as their ground game because they did at rush 278 yards per game last year, which I think are going to be hard pressed to match that. Uh, but they're still going to have a good good running game. There's there's really no doubt about that. So. Um, and then defense, they have, a, they have a good, of course, they're going to have a good defense too. I, I, I think the linebacking group led by DeAndre Square uh, in the secondary, that was kind of thrown to the fire last year. 
Uh, that, that group should probably take a, a step forward. D line kind of worries me a little bit. Uh, they have they lose some major pieces there, and Calvin Taylor and TJ Carter. Really, Calvin Taylor to me was a, a big piece. So, um, just they were eleventh in the rush defense last year. That's little in their conference. So that that one without with losing those two other guys, I, I'm concerned there. But I do think five wins is probably most likely. Just to take that plus money under. So yeah. I'm I'm gonna go over. I gotta give credit to Mark Stoops. I just did not foresee Kentucky being a player a few years ago, but look what they've done. I mean, it just seemed like an impossible place to win, but he's built a pretty solid SCCE squad. The last two years, they've had success in different ways. Two years ago, it was Terry Wilson and Benny Snell. They also had that great defense with Josh Allen. Last year, they adapted the offense to Lynn Bowden, like you touched on, Ryan. Like It was so fun. They were able to kind of be really flexible on the fly, and they had a really productive offense. Obviously, the the big if for me is with Terry Wilson is his passing ability. He a couple years ago he obviously struggled, but he can he can run. There they also have um, you you mentioned that the probably the best offensive line, maybe the best offensive line in the SEC, at least one of them. Um, I guess that's a little aggressive. Bama. Alabama's Alabama's <laughs> they Alabama's is pretty good, but they're but they're they're, they're a force. So I'm actually even though I don't love Terry Wilson, like the way that they've worked that offense the last couple of years, I'm encouraged. And the D you may be undersold a little bit. Like I like their edge rusher, uh, Boogie Watson. Uh, they got a, a strong core in the secondary. They got a blue chip freshman, Justin Rogers on that D line. Hopefully maybe he can produce a little bit, uh, or at least live up to some of the billing. So I'm going to, their defensive line go- class was ridiculous in recruiting this year. Yeah. 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 Freshman. So this is why I'm, you know, I, no doubt, yeah. no doubt. But maybe one can can show something this year. But yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I'm going over. Yeah, I thought a lot about this one because I I like Kentucky. I think the defense should be very good again. You guys brought up all the reasons why. There's, they've also got a cornerback transfer uh, from LSU, Kelvin Joseph, who's now eligible. And that was already a, a great secondary last year and returns almost everybody. So defense will be good. Um, but I guess that yeah, the concern with me is the passing game. You know, yeah. Wilson is 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 good in the the short you know short passes, but stretching the field is obviously not his strong suit. Now maybe they can just make it work like they did with um, uh, Lynn Bowden last year, and and Terry Wilson can be the Lynn Bowden, but with throwing ability. Um, but I think I don't know with with uh, more time for opposing defensive coordinators to kind of look at what Kentucky was doing last year. Maybe that, uh, maybe that won't be the case. So yeah, even though and, I like them eight scares me with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, they won't luckily won't be in too many of those because, because of the way they, they can block, but, but yeah, I'm going under the, the other reason is so last year they were three and five in sec play with that crossover schedule being Mississippi state and Arkansas from the West. So now we're asking them to go five and five, when two of the games from the West are Alabama and Auburn. Thank you. I think that's maybe asking. I mean, I say asking a little bit too much. I think five and five is most likely, but I'm willing to take plus 135 on the under because I don't think that's, I think it's about as likely as six and four, in my opinion. Yep. There you go. All right. Uh, tier three. Yep. All right. Moving on. Tier three. We got the Gamecocks of South Carolina. They're coming in in their fifth team here. Uh, they're over under set at three and a half with the uh, over being the favored favorite there. Uh, Trey, what do you think? Uh, must champs group. Are you sure this isn't Colorado State we're talking about here? 
We've got Colorado State <laughs> yeah. East with uh, they bring in Mike Bobo as their offensive coordinator. He was just the Colorado State head coach, and he brings his quarterback Colin Hill from Colorado State, who actually just beat out the incumbent Ryan Holinsky, which was kind of surprising. That was one of the more surprising quarterback battles that we saw this offseason. Uh, that doesn't totally excite me, Bobo and and Hill, but well, uh, yeah, Hill didn't even. It wasn't the. Uh, they had Patrick, Patrick O'Brien. O'Brien, the guy at Colorado. Yeah, State so he Hill was he, hurt a lot. Hill battled so. injuries, so yeah. But it's torn his ACL three times. Is that bad? Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Um, the other problem, though, is that last year the Gamecocks they had pretty good offensive skill talent, but they didn't do a whole lot with it. Uh, there, there's just question marks at all positions. Shy Smith and Josh Van are are solid options on the outside, but they're at this point, not really totally scaring anyone. I will say if I had to, I will give a compliment to the defense for Muschamp. The secondary should be great, especially with guys like JC Horn. Uh, Even though the line loses Kinlaw, Aaron Sterling, he's a decent anchor. They got the top recruit, Jordan Birch. He should have production. So there's, there's some pieces that uh, I'm not too concerned with the defense. And that's usually the case with Will Muschamp. It's just, he can't really get that consistent offense to get him over the top. Um, but I just got to go under because of that offensive question marks. And like every year with South Carolina, they're the schedule challenge. They might only be favored in three games and they just have to play tough crossover games. So I got to go under. Okay. I'm, I'm higher on South Carolina than you. It sounds like probably because I'm higher on the offense because I actually, I like Colin Hill. Like I am, I was, I was surprised that he is the starter, you know, preseason going into game one. But it it doesn't surprise me. Like I thought he might overtake Holinsky at some point during the season because when healthy, Colin Hill was was fairly efficient at at Colorado State, and he will be a massive upgrade, I think, to what to not necessarily what Holinsky is now, but what Holinsky did his freshman year because five point eight yards per attempt last year, like he struggled big time. So I think quarterback play will be a lot better, um, and especially because the the offensive line. This will this might be uh, Will Muschamp's best offensive line he's had. Now that's not saying much at all because they've been terrible. But hey, it's progress. And then uh, yeah, I, I like I like the defense as well. Israel Mukwamu, the other corner, yeah. form, forms a good duo. Uh, you know the front seven, Kinlaw. Yeah, you can't you can't replace that guy. But uh, you mentioned one big recruit, Zach Pickens, the former five star recruit. Hopefully he can live up to the billing. So. I'm uh, I'm going over. I I also am going over here on uh, on the Gamecocks. I think it's a, an encouraging sign that, that you know Hill came in and just beat out Helensky with. I'm not going to say ease, but just right away that he came in and won the job. That's a good sign that that position should be improved. Um, and the, again, I'm huge on O lines. If your O lines getting better, then I think you're going to get better overall. So um, the, with that many returning starters on the on the front there, I, I think they'll get better. The run game should be better to help you know, take the pressure off of the QB and passing game a little bit. And the uh, run I mean, game, though, just to, took took a little bit of a hit with Marshawn Lloyd. That's there. true. Yeah. Blue chip running back out for the season. That's that's brutal. They've I know on they top of a, losing what Tavian Feaster and um, yeah, they're Rico Dowdle. They, so they don't have a lot of depth there at that old running back position. No, no, they it's don't. Pretty thin. So good point. But, you know, if you know, depending, there's guys that can run as long as you got a good offensive line, they can. I you would know, if there's one position where I yeah 
I'm I'm confident that you know the next guy up can can do okay. It's running back. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, alpha offense, even though it's first year in a Bobo, think it should be improved. Kind of hard not to, right? Helensky was pretty rough um, last year. You guys mentioned it on the D line. The only guy that I'll bring up was Kier Thomas, who missed like pretty much all last year. Um, he's coming back. I think he may actually miss the entire year. So he'll, that's just another piece that they're bringing back mm-hmm. and a- along with those other guys that you guys mentioned. linebacker, Brad Johnson, same thing. Missed all of last year. He's back. You got it. You got it. So, um, yeah, I think they have enough to go f- to get to four. I know it's a tough schedule, um, but they're not they're not going to be terrible this year. I think they'll, they'll show some, some promise. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, well, they better because, uh, must champ is, is coaching for his job. That's for yeah. Sure. Three wins would be a goner. Okay. Let's, uh, go to number six here. Yeah. We find the Missouri tigers. Their over under is set at two and a half with the over being the minus minus one sixty favorite. Michael, what do you think about the tigers? Well, yeah, new head coach Eli Drinkwitz coming in from App State. He, I think the best decision he made, probably an easy decision, but to retain the defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters. He's, I think, maybe the most, we've talked about him in, in the past couple of years. I think he's one of the most underrated coordinators yeah. in the country. Doesn't get talked about at all. He doesn't. He doesn't, but he should. They finished top 25 in SP plus defense each of the last few years, which is like they've gotten much, much better for Missouri uh, than they were in years prior. They've got five and and there's a good amount coming back. They've got five players who ended the season as starters on that front six back, including Nick Bolton, who kind of came out of nowhere last year. Um, to Jordan Elliott, the only loss. Yeah. Up front. Yeah. That's the big big loss loss at, at, at D tackle Jordan Elliott getting drafted. So that's a big one guy to lose, but you know, that's why they're, uh, their win totals two and a half, you know, (laughs) they don't need to be perfect everywhere. Uh, But yeah, Nick Bolton led the SEC in tackles in the regular season last year. He's known for being really good in coverage. He, you know, they also lost um, Cale Garrett, of course, was a amazing linebacker, but he was injured for most of last year. So it, it, you know, kind of counts as half a loss there. Um, The glaring issue and Bolton's of it. Hmm. Anyway, the uh, yeah, only glaring weakness I would say on that defense is is losing uh, two starting corners. Offensively, hard to get much worse than they were last year. Oh. Sean Robinson is it's not a guarantee, but he's the the likely starter as as we speak mm-hmm. right now. He's the transfer from TCU, uh, sat out last year, and he's a dual threat, which is nice. I, th- I think he could be decent. He was playing hurt in 2018 for TCU, but still showed some some promise. Um, so there's some upside there. And Drinkwitz did a good job of kind of replenishing the talent in the receiving court. Got a transfer from Virginia Tech, Damon Hazelton. He's productive, so yeah. he, he can step in right away. Uh, they got Kiki Chisholm. Not sure how you pronounce <laughs> it yet because I haven't seen him play, but was extremely productive in Division Two and apparently has a chance to be their number one receiver right away. Uh, good running back, Larry Roundtree. So there's there's some reasons to to like them. Some reasons to think that Eli Drinkowitz can can make something happen. Um, now something happen is relative. Three wins is all I need here to to get a win. So I'll I'll go over. I agree. Uh, I don't think it's asking a whole lot for this Missouri team to get to three with a consistently good defense in the same system. That's you know they're going to be solid. Um, a guy you didn't even mention. I think that's going to be. He didn't even start last year on that defense, but he, he certainly played a lot towards the end. Is Stacy Brown, 
uh, he's going to be kind of a kind of a nickelback for them, kind of do it all type of guy. And uh, he's might be one of their best players on that defense, and he could take a big leap as a hero as coming as a sophomore. And they have so much experience on that line. I know there's Jordan Elliott, but uh, experience is so so vital. So uh, they were 16th in the country in, in points against. Ton of starters back. Um, even a guy like uh, Stacy Brown wasn't even a starter. He's coming, so it's defense is going to be good. And with Drinkwitz, I like Drinkwitz as a as an offensive coach. He's mm-hmm. proven himself as a good, very good. He was NC State's guy for a few years there with Finley, and when he was like every year, he was like the most efficient quarterback out there. He was just like nails, and then he leaves, and then NC State's offense goes to complete other direction. So mm-hmm. I think he's a good offensive coach, and of course, I like what he did at App State. So, yeah, I just I don't think this team's going to get to five wins or anything, but they're not they're not going to be that bad. So I can see them definitely get into three. Yeah. And and Michael, you mentioned that, you know, the offense can't get much worse. And I like Drinkowitz like you just said, Ryan. So I think that can only improve and I think it will improve at least enough to get them over the hump because I'm also going over. You guys mentioned everything you need on the defense. They also have they have two very winnable games against Arkansas and Vanderbilt. And they're going to have at home. I mean, yeah, so, so right there, they're, they're favorites to <laughs> do one that. more. And yeah. then, um, you know, they're going to have a couple reasonable chances to get that third win and go over. So I'm, I'm high on the, or higher than the over under here on the tigers. Okay. Let's uh, get to tier four uh, alone in tier four. Unfortunately yeah. is Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, they're over. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. They're over under <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, this is not a half. Man. One. Wow. What do you think, Ryan? Uh, going from one to two is a pretty big jump there if you're if you're Vandy. That's a going that high to get doubling your win total, essentially. Um but, well, it, it, one and the under is the huge favorite. Like that's Yeah, that, the under is minus one eighty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're expecting zero. Essentially. <laughs> well, they're well, they're they think they're expecting zero more likely than two. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I'm expecting zero. Oh, um, I, I, I'm going to go under. I mean, one is okay. One's most likely, but it's hard to be encouraged about Andy. They, they were, I was already low on them going into this year, but now they had four offensive linemen decide to opt out of the season. And like, they were all, two of them were going to probably be at least starters Four were all four of them were at least competing and had playing time lined up. So one of them, I think was the Michigan transfer. It, I mean, when you lose that much production up front, at a place like Vanny, what do, what do they have left on that line? I, it's going to be atrocious. Um, it was already atrocious. They were that offense was terrible. They were nearly fifty yards per game worse in total offense than the second worst team in the conference. Like a huge gap to them. They were under three hundred yards of total offense. Only um, Rutgers, uh, Georgia Tech, and Northwestern were under three hundred yards of total offense as far as Power Five teams. So remember, Rutgers was, I mean, Rutgers, Georgia Tech. <laughs> was switched from an option offense to, you know, that's been, and then Northwestern was, I mean, they were garbage. So that was (laughs) bad company to be in. So, Hey, aren't you glad you stuck around for sorry over an hour to, sorry. What's the, the, uh, all the former Athlon. Why am I blanking? Oh, Mitch light. Yeah. Sorry, Mitch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sure. He's used to it by now. Um, QB situation is, Oh man. It's the worst, <laughs> the worst in the conference. I don't think there's any debate. They're looking at a true freshman three star from Texas. Ken Seals is maybe the leader right now, but it's up to like, you know, you pull, it depends on the guy you ask. 
There's but, three or four guys. There's two yeah, true there's freshmen. Four guys. They brought them all in at this one class. Like four guys, two JUCOs, I think, and yeah, two JUCOs, two freshmen. Yeah, it's 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 bad. Uh, and they they lose Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn was awesome. well, they lose the big three offensively. They lose Keyshawn Vaughn at running back. Um, Jared Pinkney at tight end and yeah. uh, Kalijah Lips- Lipscomb at receiver. Yeah. The exa- I, exactly. And Riley Neal at quarterback wasn't amazing, but he had a lot more experience and pr- proved himself in, in Division One football than anybody that's coming in here. So, yeah, it's it's bad. Defense was also horrible, they, but they do return like everybody, essentially. They return a ton, but mm-hmm. and they were the second worst in the conference, so they got a long way to go. And, you know, I just, I don't know. With that terrible offense, I don't think the Ds can win them any games. It's not like they're just going to all of a sudden be good. So two would be tough. Um, especially when they don't play Arkansas. So, you know, that's not fair. They should, they, they should have skipped. I know they should have. They should, those SEC, come on. Yeah. Come that's on. Not fair. Yeah. So that's, they're going to have to be, they're going to have to be two good teams to do this. Like, ah, not, it's, not seeing it. It's too bad. It's crazy how fast they fell. I mean, they were in a bowl game a couple of years ago, so it's, uh, that's too bad. I got to go under two just because I can't see two wins. You know the the new offensive coordinator Todd Fitch has has a lot on his plate. I think like like Ken Seals, if he's the guy, I'm not saying he can do a whole lot this year, but he was very productive in in high school in Texas. So maybe a, I mean you call him a three star, but he was I think pretty highly recruited. Yeah, like I he might not be all end all this year, but I think there's some hope for him at least in the future. I'm not totally discouraged. He might be thrown to the wolves this year but uh yeah i just mean as a three-star guy coming in with no surrounding talent offensive line is going to be abysmal you lose the biggest three weapons on your offense like it's all right what you did in the state of texas says high school kid you're you're going to be have some tough tough games it's at least a piece to maybe potentially build around at least i hope hope so for vanderbilt's sake um if i had to be more optimistic the defense shouldn't be i mean it's not going to be great but it's there's some nice pieces the back seven uh, has potential to be pretty good. Uh, overall, the defense last year started a lot of underclassmen, so hopefully some experience will will kind of take a step forward this year. Obviously, they're not going to be great, but hopefully they're a product, somewhat productive unit. But but again, with their schedule, I just can't see two wins, so I got to go under. All right, you know what? You guys were very negative. I'm going to go over on Vanderbilt. Whoa! Um, yeah, so the last time that they were winless in conference was 2014. And now they have 10 conference games instead of eight. So mm. I, I, I see one win as, I don't know, pretty likely. Uh, I don't know what, where it's going to happen, but I think in 10 games, they'll get one. And especially because I just think this is a season where upsets mm. might be more likely to happen because of the, the variance that contact tracing brings into play, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, you guys mentioned the defense also, in addition to just everybody coming back, they've got transfers from OU and Florida on that defensive line who sat out last year. So I'm going to roll the dice. Um, you know, I think they'll go one and nine, but I'll roll the dice at plus plus one fifty for, yeah, for that enough. over. Okay. Let's, uh, recap our tiers here in the sec East. So of course the first tier, Florida and Georgia, second tier, Tennessee and Kentucky, Third tier, South Carolina and Missouri. And then finally Vanderbilt. So what about this? Were any any possible changes? What are what are people watching? Is someone what are they gonna disagree with here? Ooh, yeah. I don't know who's any gonna just maybe they maybe South Carolina. Uh maybe some people are a little higher on them than than 
maybe we should, we've shown here possible they could be notched up with Kentucky and Tennessee. Um, okay. But yeah, I don't. I, I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty clear. I think to to us, I would hope most people would agree with us. I'm not, I'm not sure, and seeing anything too 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 crazy. No. What about I you, mean, Trey? I I think it's it's fairly clear. I think it's it's tough to debate that obviously the the outdoor cocktail party will those two teams at the top are going to decide the division. But I mean, I guess if, if some chaos, like Georgia has a tough schedule and if they beat Florida, then maybe Tennessee has one of those miracle years they could slide in. But I think uh, it's tough to argue with this, this, these tiers. Yeah, exactly. It's just the order. Again, a lot of people would swap, swap Georgia and Florida, which is totally fine. They're super solid in our mind Uh, and Kentucky and Tennessee. I can see why, People, I think a lot of people watching are going to really like Tennessee, and they're, I would say, I guess more proven. Uh, did I say I'm, I might be switching? I don't. People are going to really like Kentucky. Did I say Tennessee there? Oh, yeah, you said Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, whoops. I'm <laughs> brain fart there. It depends but on I'm, what you want. Tennessee might have the more upside, but Kentucky's kind of been stable the last few years. So right. that you know is very well put. You saved me, Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> no, I I agree. I agree. Good point, Ryan. Thanks. Okay, let's uh, let's go over our over unders then. So if again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see them, but we're an audio podcast first. So I'll, I'll read out our agreements. We're all over on Alabama eight and a half. Uh, we all went under seven wins for LSU. Ryan and I made it our locks at plus money. Uh, we're all under Auburn six and a half and under on Arkansas at one and a half. Then getting over to the SEC East. We are all slightly under on Georgia, eight and a half wins. We're all bullish on Florida over seven and a half wins. Trey, of course, going with Dan Mullen as his lock. <laughs> and let's see. And then Missouri is another agreement. We're all, we all think yeah. they can get to three wins. Uh, okay. So now, Trey, are you ready to be, yeah. are you ready to be put on the hot seat? Whew, it is steaming here. All right. All right, Trey. The hottest seats in the conference belong to Will Muschamp of South Carolina and Derek Mason of Vanderbilt. If they both get fired after this year, who will be their head coaches come 2021? Well, we've we've talked about it on this podcast, especially Michael. South Carolina seems to would be trending towards Billy Napier. He played uh, at Furman, which is in South Carolina. He's doing wonders at Louisiana, as we've seen to start the season. Uh, he would be a logical choice. Maybe a guy like Dave Clawson would get rumored, but if I was South Carolina, I would want Billy Napier. What about what about Derek Mason at Vanderbilt? Oh, that's well, yeah. So if I'm Vanderbilt here, they they got to do something unique. Uh, you're just not going to be able to recruit toe to toe with the rest of the SEC squad. So I might go with a guy like Chad Lunsford from Georgia Southern and run the mm-hmm. triple option. Just do something different. Uh, I also saw a rumor last year, though, about them like potentially sticking with a Nashville guy, the the Titans' old coach Jeff Fisher. Uh, he'd be almost like a Herm Edwards sort of thing. So wow. it would be interesting. But if Jeff I was Vandy, I might want a USC kind yeah. of guy that for a while. Yeah, he was somewhere. rumored there. But um, but I might go with Chad Lunsford. Just bring in the option. All right. Yeah. Will Healy, another guy that that Vanderbilt would be very lucky to get. Uh, okay. If Derek Mason doesn't, smile. I agree though. They got to go to the do something different. I mean, you know, it seems like 
you just gotta service got him is obviously do i mean james franklin not. james franklin had success there they could he did could i mean it's not impossible got, well he what got seven wins was this that his max there seven wins i think he might have done better than that i don't did remember he get to eight i mean either way they were they were competitive eight or nine I'll take anyway yeah we're still on the hot seat trey you're not off the hot seat yet which oh. sec quarterback will throw the most interceptions this season this is really tough i I kind of just immediately looked down to the the guys at the bottom third or so of the conference. I'm going to say Sean Robinson for Mizzou. I think Drinkowitz is going to try and establish that offense, and the Tigers aren't expected to do a whole lot this season, and they might need to be passing a lot as they'll be they'll be trailing. Um, he showed flashes flashes at TCU, but a little unproven. But it won't be his fault. But I think he might be the guy. All right. Yeah, Vandy had two nine win seasons under franklin squeeze me yeah uh all right um trey who is most likely to win sec coach of the year i really we talked about earlier if if there weren't for all those opt-outs in this wacky year i wanted to go jimbo fisher Uh, i just don't maybe seeing them get over the top enough for him to be the uh the coach of the year so I went to the East where I'm confident and you got Georgia and Florida. I know one of them is, is going to be really good and, and come out top. I went with Dan Mullen um, just because if, if they win the East and I think they will, they'll have won nine games and, and be there. So I went with Mullen. Okay. Last question. Who is better at their job as a recruiter coach? O or your wife? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> My wife's a bulldog, man. She she gets <laughs> she gets who she wants. So I gotta say, I gotta say, my wife. She's a a campus recruiter for an accounting firm. All right, All right. very nice. Um, let's uh, let's move on to our SEC <laughs> championship picks. So we're all going the same. We all have uh, yeah. Alabama over Florida. So I'll. I'll give my rationale first so obviously um, i've got florida winning the east like we've said kind of the whole episode very close with with georgia again georgia might have i think does have the higher upside but i just like florida's continuity and avoiding bama on their regular season schedule and then alabama to win the conference i think it's between them clemson and ohio state for me as the the best team in the country I like 100% ditto everything you said. I, I wanted to take <laughs> Georgia, but the, the tougher schedule kind of did me in. So, and then Alabama is just kind of the cream on the, on the West side. Yeah. Kind of boring, kind of boring. We're all in agreement. Uh, it's the, 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 the no Jamie Newman. That was also the other factor of not, not being able to go with Georgia and, and Bama is just too, too good offensively to, to turn down. So Alabama over Florida. Okay, let's uh, close out the episode here with a questionable finish. Tennessee is a trendy pick to take a big leap forward in 2020. What is a memorable trendy team from years past, and how did it turn out? Yeah, last year, Nebraska, trendy pick (laughs) in the West, and they sucked. (laughs) All right, well, I'm going uh, one that worked out a little better, Washington in 2016. They were. I just remember everyone was big on them. They were coming off of a seven and six season, but they had some bad luck in close games. They had a ton of returning production. I know SP Plus was big on them, and they ended up going twelve and one and lost to Alabama in the, the playoffs. So that one worked out. That one did well work out. Us. I. <laughs> what do you uh, say, Ryan? 
said good old John Ross. John Ross, yeah, he John it. Ross. <laughs> John Ross was. You would think that John Ross was the only player on Washington. Those teams. I mean, it's been different ever since. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, never been the same. No, uh, I'm going to go more pessimistic though. Ole Miss back in 2016, they had those great recruiting classes under Hugh Freeze. They were preseason number 11. They had that great finish, top 10 finish to the year before. They ended up, it just blew up in their face. They finished five and seven, two and six in the conference. And then we know what ended up happening to uh, to Hugh Freeze and them. All right. So I'm glad no one brought up USC. We've never had uh, failed to live up to that. No, no, never. Uh, who has the best name in the SEC? For me, what I love saying the most is Big Cat Bryant, the Auburn defensive end. Just It's just so fitting for his position, too. Big Cat Bryant, cat with a K. I decided to go with him. Okay. I uh, We already brought up Bumper Pool, so I'll go with somebody else. I'm going to say Chance Poor, kicker from Kentucky. Oh. Now, unfortunately, the backup kicker because he didn't have a great year, but just like you can't help but laugh when a kicker comes oh. up and it's Chance Poor. Oh, didn't he? He he kind of blew the Florida game last year, didn't he? Yeah. To yeah. Sound familiar. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to go with. Um, Miles Slusher, he is a uh, freshman defensive back at Arkansas. Just makes me want a slushy when I hear his name, Slusher, Slushy. Tasty, tasty beverage. I've had that for <laughs> quite a while. <laughs> Where right. is a slushy even from? I can't even, now that I say it, I can't even. Well, there's a Slurpee. Slushies. Yeah, slushies are just general. That's the general think, thing for like a Slurpee. Brand name or anything, I don't yeah. think. Maybe it is. Yeah, but. yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, last question here of the episode. Give me a bold prediction that you may not totally believe about the sec. And I'll actually go first here. So it's about Lane Kiffin. I think he's going to pull off a massive upset. So I'm either going at home against Alabama. Remember at Tennessee first time around there. Well, now he's at uh, Ole Miss, but at Tennessee, he almost pulled that off year one and then, uh, or at LSU, he's going to win one of those. All right, I'm going to say, speaking of LSU, I'm going to say they finished fourth or worst in the SEC West. I just, there's just too many missing pieces. And if you if you had to look at them just solely in a bubble, forget what happened last year, I think that they could have a big time regression and finish fourth or worse. All right, um, I'm going to go ahead and say that Kyle Trask will end up being the number one overall pick in 20, 2021 draft. Oh. I think wow. he'll have such a big year. People will be like, oh, he's got the size, got the arm. Wait, what? Trevor yeah, Lawrence? No, 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 no. Kyle Trask. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's no. bold. Yeah. He doesn't no, believe I, it. What? Trask Justin is going to shoot up Trevor the draft Lawrence? boards. Oh, my gosh. Maybe after <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Maybe number two. No. Oh. <laughs> 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 you just got to oh. about T. Lawrence there for a second. <laughs> I, will say, two. I will say, though, Ryan, you... One time we had Ty Hildenbrandt from Solid Verbal on the podcast, and we were um, we were talking about that of of like who's going to be the number one pick, and I think it was it was last year, it was before Joe Burrow, and and you were saying no, it's not going to be Herbert, it's not going to be yeah. Tua. You're like someone's going to come out of nowhere, That's someone's right, going to pop up like Kyler yeah. Murray the year before, like Baker Mayfield the year before that. Yeah, and true. Fair enough, Joe Burrow. So who knows? Maybe this year. Yeah, yeah maybe it's going to be a hard time, Dre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could be trash. I'm going to stick with it. I mean, I'll I'll bet on Trevor Lawrence, but yeah, hey. I know. <laughs> At least you went bold. 
that's kind of what the point is a bold prediction, right? I know. I know. I don't necessarily right, well, really believe it, but thanks everyone <laughs> for listening to the podcast. I'm glad that our credibility was good for like an hour and a half until Ryan had to go and uh hey, watch watch crap. it. Just watch. <laughs> Just watch. <laughs> oh, this might be I think this is our longest episode ever, guys. Dude, so we've had like wow. two in the last couple well, weeks now. 14 teams and a lot of a lot of quality teams to cover. I think we've been talking for like two hours or close to it. So kind of tardy, guys. You fans enjoyed it. Um, if you enjoy the work that we're putting into these these preview episodes, would really appreciate you spreading the word about the show. If you're still listening, you're probably a fan, I would guess. So uh, <laughs> subscribe on yeah. YouTube, uh, share us uh, on Facebook and Twitter, share the episodes. Trying to grow, so uh, every every little bit helps. And we'll be back in a couple days with a much shorter episode, I'm sure. Uh, We're going to preview week four. So we will talk to everybody then. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour Voice Remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox Voice Remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com thisishome today.